0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. And today we have kind of a special episode. We're going to be talking about the diversity or the issue of diversity in the comic book and maybe even a little bit in the geek world, but mostly in the comic book world. I am Jay. I'm Diana. And here we go. But before we get started, we just want to give a shout out to the official comic shop of Stuff You Don't Need to Know, Main Street Comics in Milltown, New Jersey. Di, why do you love this place?
1: I don't know. They just have a lot of good comics and they have a lot of good, like, back issues and stuff they have saved. And I don't know. They, they know me, so they know what kind of stuff I usually get. So yeah.
0: Yeah, there you go. I mean, when they know their customers and they give them what they like, uh I mean, that's a great business. They're a good bunch of guys and gals over there. So, if you are in the uh Central New Jersey area, it's in Milltown. That's Main Street Comics. You can find them on Instagram uh at Main Street Comics. Uh and of course, I always throw them up there whenever I post for us on Instagram. So, <sighs> diversity in comics. righty, So, let me ask you: When you started reading, you were, you know, that was a few years back. You were a teenager. Um, I mean, were were you aware of a lack of diversity? Were you just reading for fun? I mean, was that was that kind of on your mind when you started reading comics?
1: Um, it was like, yeah, like, well, I I just started like reading for fun, but then like I knew that like I knew that there was like an issue about like how like. When you look at, like, the Super Friends, like, so, like Super Friends from the 60s, like, they're all straight and white, so, like, I knew they were going to be trying to, like, uh, integrate some more diverse characters in there, and I don't know, I thought that was, like, a good thing, like, there's never anything wrong with that. Well, I mean, there's never anything wrong with that if it's done correctly, because um,
0: I remember <clears throat> when I was growing up watching on TV, watching the Super Friends, and I forget which version it was because every year they changed it. It was like Challenge of the Super Friends, Superman and his Super Friends, you know, after, so I forget which one it was and I forget exactly when, but they added more diversity and I showed you some of these characters yesterday and, and you know, Apache Chief, Samurai, El Dorado. I mean, these were poor attempts at, at diversifying the cast.
1: Yeah, because El Dorado, it's like he... He's, he's, like, shirtless, and then, like, he has, like, the rising Aztec sun on him, and then, like, he has the cape, and then, of course, Apache Chief with, like, the feathers in his hair, and, like, how he goes, like, how? And then, yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, they they were like, oh, we're gonna add, you know, an Asian character, and uh, an American Indian, and, and a uh, Latin character, but they just really made them caricatures of, like, stereotypes that we knew. Um... You've read some of the like I've shown you some of the stuff from like the nineties, so you read some comics from the nineties like late eighties, early nineties, yeah, yeah, okay, so I felt that yeah when i when I was reading around that time, um the movement sort of was like, well, you know what, yeah we're gonna we're gonna give you some
1: diversity, we're gonna give you a lot of female characters, but the way they're drawn. Yeah, like the way they're drawn didn't help. So yeah. Like I read some Wonder Woman's from then and I was like, ooh, this is really good if it wasn't for the way all the Amazons are drawn.
0: Yeah, I mean you know, that was sort of like the big boob era, basically. Um, you know, artists were drawing women with ridiculous proportions. I mean you know, gigantic boobs, waists that were incredibly narrow, um, standing on a pair of legs that shouldn't support, you know, that upper body. I mean, it's its just, I mean, it's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and then, like, I don't know, I, I, I was kind of able to look past it, but then when I saw the the Wonder Woman outfit when she stopped being Wonder Woman and then it was like oh it's like I like the leather jacket and like the tights that kind of look like Donna Troy's but she's not wearing a shirt so then yeah
0: yeah I mean I thought that was kind of cool when Artemis replaced her and yeah like like you said she had the leather jacket she kind of had like Donna Troy's tights but then you know she looked like a dominatrix it was like come on yeah 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 um all right so w- <sighs> diversity like what what sort of things are you looking for you know like if a comic is gonna diversify itself like what what would you like to see more of in the comics
1: um well I don't know there's like two separate things it's like if they're doing like like a d like a new like I like I don't know how to phrase it, but it's like if they're if they're adding somebody of like a different race or ethnicity, or if they're adding somebody who's like, you know, uh, like LGBT. Like there's a difference to how they do that, because like with race, it's kind of like I look to like Simon Boz and like Jessica Cruz. Well, more more Simon Baz because he's Lebanese and Muslim, so then he. Like the whole thing about Green Lanterns is not how like oh look at me I'm I'm Muslim wow look at that I'm a, I'm a Muslim Green Lantern but then like there are times like when his mom came over and then they're celebrating like a certain I forgot what holiday it wasn't like one of the big ones it was like a small actually I don't think it was a holiday I think it was oh no it was Halloween. And then the mom has, like, this special Lebanese recipe that Simon could never make. So he was freaking out. He's like, how am I going to make these things? And then, like, of course, like, in, uh, who was it? Pr- yeah, I think it was Prince. In Prince's Justice League, they had him praying on his, on the mat. And then... Oh yeah, yeah, and then like he has the tattoo that means courage in Arabic on his arms, and it's like, it's not like all about him being Muslim or Lebanese, but it's like, but it's like they it's like, it's like that's that's his like distinct flavor, so you know what his deal is. But then of course he could write it differently because like cyborg, like well I haven't read a lot of cyborg because the past cyborg comics haven't been good, but then like it's like his thing about him being black isn't as strong as say like Black Lightning where Black Lightning that's the majority focus about how he's a black superhero and how he's trying to like bring justice to like a world that doesn't want him to but then like Cyborg that's not really the main focus so it depends kind of like what character you're writing for so then like I guess as long as you do it tastefully I guess that's what you gotta do
0: I mean, so just kind of going back to Simon Boz, it almost sounds like, you know, he's a Lebanese character. He's a Muslim character, but he's also a regular guy. Like, you know, if you saw a Muslim on the street, you saw somebody who was Lebanese on the street, they're not going to be in your face. Like, I'm Muslim. I'm Lebanese. They're just going to be themselves. And that's sort of like what Simon Baz is.
1: Yeah, because, yeah, like they don't. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like, really, like, the only time they brought up that he was Lebanese is, of course, when he had to make the food for his mom, when in Justice League, he was praying, and when Green Lanterns had to infiltrate a cult, and they're like, oh, are you right to, like, pretend that you believe in this cult, and he's like, no, like, my God knows that I believe, so then, like, he's saying and doing all these things that a normal person would do. It's just what a normal like Lebanese Muslim person would do. They're not blowing it out of proportion like a Apache chief who spoke like broken English and said "how" and did the, did the hand sign. Yeah, I, and I guess you know
0: because you read a lot more of it than I do. He's not like quoting the Quran constantly or or has like a catchphrase where he'll say like you know by Allah or something like that. He's he's just
1: a guy. Yeah,
0: yeah. Alrighty. Um, I mean. One of the things that, that, you know, when I was reading comics and, you know, when I was in college and I noticed, yeah, there was a real lack of diversity. And then they tried, you know, well, we're going to be a lot of female characters. And they really overly sexualized them. You know, we talked about it, the way they were drawn. I mean, it was just, it was ridiculous. Around this time, I think it was about 93, Milestone Comics came out. And for me, it, revo- it really revolutionized it because this was... It was under the DC banner, but other than the fact that DC distributed it, they had no input into it. They could kind of have a final refusal if something really didn't, you know, I don't want to say appeal to them. If if they kind of thought the content might be too much, but Milestone Comics was huge because it was you know, African American characters, you know, the writers, the artists, uh, you know, the people behind the scenes. I mean, this was like a, essentially a black owned and black run company and for me that really that really brought a lot of things to light because it was, you know, they tackled real issues in the black community and, you know, Milestone also gave us one of the most popular characters, I think recently Static And, I mean, you knew Static from the TV show.
1: Yeah, like, I love them. I have a Static Shock
0: shirt. Yeah, and I mean, and and the thing is, is if you ever read the comic, you would have seen, you know, the, the, the cartoon because it was really, you know, they were gearing it towards kids. So it was toned down a bit, but they did tackle some of those issues, you know, gang
1: violence
0: and things like okay. that.
1: I like remember when uh I forgot his name but like 'cause it's been so long, but when static shock when he was sleeping over at a friend's house and the friend's dad is like bad enough I have to see them at work now they're in my own house and it's like he had to deal with that and yeah. That that's the one episode I really remember.
0: Yeah, and and what was really interesting about that is it took place uh in this um city or uh really area called Dakota uh it was supposed to sort of be like a mid it was almost supposed to be like St. Louis I think uh and Dakota was a very urban area and there was a section called Paris Island which was like you know poverty stricken and everything and you know Static was a character that came out of this we had Hardware who was sort of like Iron Man um you know, we had the Blood Syndicate, and we had Icon, who was really the black Superman. Um, and what was really interesting about him was is he was an alien that crash-landed on this planet, um, but he assumed the identity of the first person that he saw. Not really so much assumed their identity. like He was sort of like an anamorphous being. Uh, there was really no shape or form to him. So the first person he came in contact with was, uh, a slave. So he basically became, he became African American. He became an infant, the slave like found him and and raised him. And all these years later, you know, here he is. And, you know, I mean, these were sort of like real kind of stories, but, you know, nowadays, you know, we have a lot of diversity in comics, um, Miss Marvel. I mean I think that's a great, you know, the current Miss Marvel is a great example of that.
1: Oh yeah, how she's she's Pakistani, she's also a Muslim. And then it's like how that like I haven't read like a lot of like the Miss Marvel title because like I jumped on late and then I couldn't understand it. But with the one I read, it's like I think it took place like around like Ramadan and then they're having they had the whole family there. And they're all like celebrating and talking, and then I thought, like, wow, that's like really cool how it's like they could show like a superhero at Ramadan, how they're enjoying it, and then, and then that same issue, it's like it wasn't it wasn't ice because I don't think they could do that, but it was like, it was it was like yeah, it's like Jersey City made their own like ice, and they were trying to like relocate like all like the Muslim families to like a certain part of jersey city so i thought like wow that's kind of like a real issue especially like what's happening today with ice and they're separating kids so then yeah like it was tackling like again like what it's like to be a superhero in a world that like doesn't want you
0: yeah it was pretty interesting because i actually read that trade um that kind of gives her origin, and I know you haven't read it yet, so I'm not going to spoil it for you too much, but uh, it was pretty interesting that with her powers, you know, you know, she started using her powers, but she didn't want anybody to know because her fear was if they found out here's this Muslim girl, this Pakistani girl using her powers, they're gonna like, like she said, I'll be arrested. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll bug my mosque and this and that. And again, you know, like you said, it's a hero that, you know, is trying to do good, but people you know there was people out there that wouldn't want her but you know we talked a lot about race but you know you also brought up lgbtq uh you know gender identity sexual identity um these things weren't tackled when i was reading comics i mean when north star who was a member of alpha flight was gay and he was like an openly gay character that was like huge We're so far past that now because um, there are writers out there that are in the LGBT community that are writing these stories. And I know you have like some favorites.
1: Yeah, like Magdalene Visaggio. She's she's transgender and she's she's an amazing writer. She writes Eternity Girl now and she wrote that one dazzler one shot. And that was really good. Those are those are both really, really
0: good. Now, I know, like, you know, later on when we do AP Comics, I think it's going to be finishing up soon, you're you're going to talk about Eternity Girl, but just really, really kind of quick, I mean, that's almost sort of like, that character is almost sort of like um, a revolutionary kind of character, something we really haven't seen, really.
1: Yeah, because it's like, like, the whole premise of Eternity Girl is that, like, She got, like, these superpowers, she's kind of like Dr. Manhattan, where she has, like, these, like, godlike matter manipulation powers. But then the only way for her to die is if she destroys the multiverse, so that's what it's about, about her setting out to destroy the multiverse so she could die.
0: Yeah, and again, when we talk about, or I should say, when you talk about Eternity Girl, we'll talk a lot more about that, but... You know, you talk about, you know, Max Visaggio, who is transgender, and, um, you know, she does tackle issues like that. Uh, She she tackled it in that Dazzler One-Shot. She tackles it in Kim and Kim, uh, and I know she's coming out with a new Kim and Kim. But I remember um, there was a a transgender hero, heroine, that was just
1: god-awful. Yeah, it was in Alter's... Uh, I think the hero's name was Chalice. Yeah, the hero's name was Chalice because the 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 kid uh, her real name was Charlie, so then that's where he got it from. And altars, it was just so. Well, first off, it was a boring and poorly done story. Like not like ignoring the transgender stuff, like the whole world building, and like the bad guy, and like all the everything. and like the whole like syndicate of like. The whole X Men team of good guys. Those I didn't like. Those were poorly done. It was. In her powers, those were poorly done too. But then, like. The transgender story. It's just like. It was kind of like. She was just going around, like, oh. I have a secret. Nobody knows what's gonna happen. Like, oh. I can only be myself when I'm the superhero. And then, like. There was no depth to it. Because she just kept saying, like, I have a secret, Uh uh-oh, what am I gonna do, but then, like, they never showed, like, her trying to tell, like, she didn't have friends who already knew, because she was worried about telling the parents, so it's, like, she didn't have friends who already knew and were supporting her, she didn't even have, like, an internet community where she could go to, to, like, vent about it, like, she didn't have, like, any, like, Aspirations of like who she wanted to like model herself after. She was just like, uh oh, uh oh, Spaghetti-O. and then that was like, that's that's. I mean, like that's how it happens. Like, I like I get like that's like that's what it's like in the very early stages of it. But like once you move past those very early stages, it's like there's there's more. And then like, especially if you're writing a. S- like, a whole story about it. It's like, you could start there, but you gotta get out of there quickly to, like, develop some more situations we could put this character in.
0: Yeah, and, you know, just to be, you know, just to kind of, like, talk about that comic, Alters, Uh, you know, I got that comic for you at a time when, you know, you had come out to us and you were starting to come out to friends that you were transgender, and I thought you love comics like this will be great and yeah it really didn't go over very well
1: well not that it didn't go over very well it just wasn't good like i didn't get mad that i got it i was just like oh this is very good yeah and it was
0: and it was pretty poor and you know like diana said you know i also read it too and i mean my thoughts at the beginning were this is really boring um you know, pretty much all the points that Diana had made that, you know, their world building was terrible, her powers were really undefined. Really, the whole premise of it was just very, very undefined. We got this for you pretty much at the beginning of your transition, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, as Diana's been transitioning, you know, these years later, you know, I look back on it, and a lot of the points that Diana brought up, you know, I thought about to myself. I said, you know, looking at Charlie, you know and that was the first thing is he didn't give himself a female name like just when he was sort of even had his internal monologue like he didn't really give himself a female name I don't think
1: no because like when I first when like when she first showed up as the superhero chalice I thought I thought she said she was Charlie's. and I thought oh okay she just turned Charlie into Charlize okay boom but then you read it and you just said chalice and I was like what and then I look back, I'm like, oh my god, yeah. And then I'm like, unless you want to walk around with your real name being Chalice, I don't think that's, I don't think that's her new name. So, yeah, and I mean, you know, the, the, there was that whole thing, and like you
0: said, the fact that you know she was really just for the the four or five issues that we read, she's just really, you know, I have a secret, I have this secret, I can't tell anybody. And I remember with your transition, I mean. You were probably coming out to friends, either as you were coming out to us, maybe even before you were coming out to us. So that was the thing I was thinking. I was like, "Where's her drama club?" Because that was like one of your big support systems, right? Uh, when you, yeah, 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 when you first started transitioning, you, you know. So I was sort of like, "Where's her drama club?" You know, where's you know the one or two good friends that call her, you know, whatever name she goes by, because. You know, again, it's like even to herself, she was still Charlie, but at the same time, she was taking street hormones. So I was sort of like, this is a very weird narrative.
1: Yeah, because like, it's like, I don't know, but like speaking for myself, it's like you don't really think about taking like hormones and getting the surgery like that's like an idyllic spot but then like before you even come out it's like that's just an like spot that's not really something like you're gonna want to do but then like well like I guess like like I get you could do that before you could come out to your parents but it's like come out to anybody it's kind of like I don't know because it's like and it's like I get like that like some people do have that kind of experience but it's just like I, I I don't want to say it like this and then it sounds like mean but then it's like when you're writing like a story and, and, that, and then you want it especially since it wasn't a trans writer writing it's a cis writer and you want it to represent like a majority of the trans community it's like you really gotta know like what a majority of people are going through and like Put it that way, so that so that way like cis people who pick it up and read it can be like, oh, that's what it's like. I can understand them better now, I can sympathize with them, maybe I can empathize with them. But this comic didn't do that.
0: Yeah, and and just, you know, if you weren't sure some of the terms Diana was talking about there, cisgender. Cisgender is basically you identify as the gender you were born as you know I'm a cisgender male I was born male I identify as male Diana's transgender you know she identifies as female so yeah I mean that's really the big point is and we found that out later because in my mind I thought oh this 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 writer he's you know he or she is probably transgender and it turns out it's not it was a cisgender male who was basically throwing his ideals at it You know, I mean, that's the way I looked at it. You know, once we found out that, you know, he was cisgender.
1: Yeah, I just kind of felt like he didn't interview anybody. He just kind of sat down and be like, hmm, what could I... He was just kind of like, hmm, what can I make them do? And then he was just like, this seems cool. And then he just put it in.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I guess, you you, you know, before, before you came out and before your transition really started going you know a lot of the notions that were in that comic were probably notions that I had as well that it's a deep dark secret and you don't want to reveal it to anybody but uh, past that you know I would know nothing of the struggles because I, I, I haven't experienced it myself personally and you were just starting to transition so we didn't get to really see that you know years later I could see it now can I write a a good story about a transgender character, probably not, but I think I could do a better job than if I had tried two, three years ago before you transitioned or just as you were transitioning. Um, you know, I mean, but how, I mean, how did, how did that comic make you feel overall? Like, were you kind of angry that, you know, somebody who was who knew nothing of the community and didn't seem to want to know anything about the community, you know, was trying to put out a transgender hero, you you know, I mean, I don't know, like, what were your kind of thoughts just on on the fact that they were taking that step, like, we're gonna be diverse, and here's a transgender hero?
1: Well, like, back then, when I first got it, I just, I just focused more on, like, oh, this is poorly done, whatever, but then, like, now, looking back, and seeing, like, what company it came from, because it came from Aftershock, and then, like, which is like a. Which, when Alters came out, was very small. It only had, like, one other title to its name. So they wanted people to come and read. And then. So I can see by saying, oh, we have a transgender superhero, how that would bring, like, lots of people into their company to start reading. But then, when it's not good, then that's when people start leaving. And then I think they kind of did it as, like, a whole PR stunt to get people to come to their company. Because after Alters took off, they started releasing so many more titles with so many more writers. So then, yeah, how that's... I think that's really what they did.
0: Cool. Sounds good. Um, I don't know. Any other, any other issues with... I mean... I mean, I still... I mean this is supposed to be a day and age where, you know, diversity is really out there and we're really seeing it. Me personally, I see people trying to be more diverse in comic books, in comic films, but I still see so much heat and backlash. Like, I feel like, you know, for as much talk as there is, is like, wow, we're being diverse. It's still really in its infant stages, but I'm older. I'm cynical. <laughs> you're younger. Hopefully, you're not as cynical. What, what, what is sort of your feeling of like of like this like sort of recent movement into making comics and comic book movies more diverse?
1: I don't know. I think I think they can do it with like, especially like um, uh, how they're bringing more like uh like not even like in comics, like how Black Lightning has a TV show. Like, I think that's, like, a good, like, like, busting out point to get some diversity on there. And then also, like... Oh, and also, if you want, like, a really good comic that tackles this stuff, Black Lightning, Cold Dead Hands, written by the creator of Black Lightning, Tony Isabella, that, that is a good comic. So then you should pick that one up because I met the author and he said it didn't do well selling an issue so I hope it'll do better in trade so I'll make it do better in trade
0: <laughs> you heard it here make it do better in trade
1: um but you know you look at you look at stuff like
0: you you look at like the Wonder Woman movie um you know a lot a lot was made of you know a female hero leading this film and it was I mean I think it, I think it was well done but still you know it generated there was a lot of hate generated by it um you know there were the theaters that were going to do the, the the all-female screenings and people were up in arms and people were up in arms that you know there's a female like a strong female character leading it um I mean I guess that's kind of like what I meant is that I feel like we're trying to be diverse but
1: there's still so much hate out there yeah like um uh yeah, like, I can see people not liking Miss Marvel or Simon Boz or, like, Black Lightning or even Cyborg just for kind of, like, their race or ethnicity. And especially since now, like, Iceman, like, Iceman's gay now. Like, uh, I can, like, that book did not sell well. And I think part of it was there are a lot of fans of Iceman who picked it up, saw that he was gay, and said, no, Iceman would never be gay. And then they stopped buying it. Yeah, and I mean, and that's a shame, you know, and
0: just, you know, just like another thought that I had had is, you know, you had a great movie like Wonder Woman, which, and and I know you are not a big fan of Patty Jenkins, but, you know, it was, it was was directed, it was good, I liked it, but it was handled with class, because when you looked at it, when you looked at the way they handled Wonder Woman, when you looked at how they handled the Amazons, I mean, you know, they weren't overly sexualized they weren't you know eye candy this and that
1: and you get to justice league yeah and justice league they they looked it's like joss whedon took them back a few steps with that one i don't blame Zack snyder i blame joss whedon because who's more likely Zack snyder shows off male bodies joss whedon's just a perv so yeah
0: <laughs> exactly um You know, but I mean, I really do hope there's more diversity coming out there because like you said, uh, you know, Black Lightning has a show and, um, you know, let's let's not forget, too. I mean, it's on Hulu. They are Marvel shows, but we have Cloak and Dagger, uh, which tackles an interracial relationship, uh, tackles drug use, uh, you know, black white relations in Louisiana. Uh, You have The Runaways.
1: Uh, Which, that's a very diverse cast, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you look at The Runaways, you know, the comic and the TV show, I mean, it's a group of teenagers that are primarily female, and except for, well, I don't know, you know, I mean, Chase is white, um, Gerd is white, Carolina is technically white, but she's an alien, but there's tons of diversity on there, but it's not in-your-face diversity.
1: Yeah, how it's like how it's like where Alex is the leader they're not like oh yeah black guy's the leader of the team they're just like okay Alex is the leader and he's the smart one how like yeah how like they could do that and not only that how
0: in that group the, the only two male members are Alex and Chase that's it yeah oh yeah it's true it's true you know, I mean, you look at you look at a lot of the characters there. You look at, um, you know, you look at Gert. Gert is to me probably one of the strongest members of that team, but she's not sort of like what would be at that time when it came out in the '90s, a classic, you know, strong female character uh, because of the way she was drawn and the way she acted and the way she presented herself. It was
1: against that norm back then. Yeah, because it's like, she's not hot, she doesn't like, she's not like a kick-ass fighter, it's like, it's like she's chubby, she wears glasses, she's like, she's sarcastic, yeah, and then like, she just has a pet velociraptor, and yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, she's one of the smartest members of the team, um...
0: You know, and that that's another great example of diversity. Uh, you know, I would, and and again, I think like you said it right. I doubt it would ever get me but you know, I would love to see you know a Miss Marvel, a Kamala Khan TV show because I think she would
1: translate no, better. They're doing a movie. They like uh Marvel, the MCU. Even though I don't like the MCU, they confirmed that Miss Marvel will have her movie, a Kamala Khan movie. Yes. Do you think Do you think she
0: translates better to the to the big screen, or do you think she would be better in like a weekly series?
1: I think she'll be better in a weekly series because kind of like I kind of see her like Supergirl, where she's just like does everything for good, and like especially especially since I don't want the MCU doing it. <laughs> okay, uh,
0: I just, I just think you know, given the fact that you know she's in Jersey City, she has those struggles of being a student. Uh, and being a hero, I, I just think it would work better in a in a weekly show. But you know, we're gonna keep it going because you brought up another great show, Supergirl, uh, strong female character,
1: and you know LGBTQ issues tackled on that show as well. Yeah, with Alex, her sister, and then um, uh, yeah, Maggie. But I know, I know, she leaves. Don't worry, <laughs> I won't tell you
0: how. But I mean, how did you think that whole thing, you know, with Alex coming out, Alex finding
1: Maggie, um, how did you think that was handled? I think it was good because, it, like, it kind of reminded me when I first, like, came out where you feel all giddy that you did and you're like, oh, boy, I, I got to do everything because that's one, like, I don't know. I like, I like, th- th- this is going to sound bad, but it's like, I just, like, did some stuff that, like, I just didn't want to do. I just did it because I felt all giddy so then like I can uh, relate with that and like especially how like the especially how Dean Kane reacted to it I was like oh Dean Kane you're so good I mean there was a lot I mean there was a
0: lot of great reactions to that it, like I felt it wasn't in your face you know it wasn't like you know, the CW saying, check out our hot lesbians. Um, it wasn't in your face. And I think I think that the scene that really showed that off is when Alex uh, brought Maggie to the bar to introduce her to everybody. And uh, you could see the moment
1: on Jimmy Olsen's face where he put two and two together. That I loved. And he was just, he was okay with it. And then and then they had Martian Manhunter. And they're like, you knew? And he's like, I could read minds. And then Wynn was like, well, why did you tell us? He's like, that's not my
0: business. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, I thought it was kind of funny that, you know, they're all sitting around and and, uh, Wynn and Jimmy, or James, he's actually James, only Superman can call him Jimmy. Uh, They're sitting there, and they're asking about Alex's new guy, and Kara's just, you know, they're like, well, what does Alex's guy do? And, you know, uh, Kara's like a cop, you know? Like, she's just like, she wants to see their reactions, and their reactions were, were great, and I think the way... That group handled it was pretty much the way the series handled it. They're just sort of like Alex and Maggie are together and that's it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Can you think of any other, like, shows or comics out there, uh, kind of along the same lines? Uh, anything we missed? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take that as a no. I'm gonna take that as a no. Okay. I mean, come on. We rambled on for almost 35 minutes here about it. So, uh, you know, just kind of keeping the diversity train rolling here. Uh, we're gonna be going to and, you know, what I mean by going to is we bought tickets and, you know, we're not having a booth there or anything. We're not big stars by a long shot. But we're going to FlameCon, which is an LGBTQ uh, Comic Con, uh, August 18th and 19th. We're going on the 18th. Uh, do you want to say who's coming
1: along with you? Is that okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My friend Kate, which if you listen to my podcast, did the MCU episode. She's coming. She'll be dressed as Squirrel Girl. I'll be there. I'll be dressed as Sean Sang. And I don't know who you're going to be dressed as, Bizarro or something. I don't know. I, don't know. I thought since I'm driving the two of you, will be space cabbie.
0: <laughs> or I, actually, I thought of being blunt, Man, but I don't know. We'll see how that goes over. But I know you're really excited. A uh, couple of writers are there that you are just dying to meet.
1: Yep, Magdalene Visagio, James Tinney in the fourth, Steve Orlando. Mm, so good. Yeah, and honestly, I can't wait.
0: I can't wait to meet them, uh, especially... I actually can't wait to meet uh, Magdalene Visaggio because I think I just want to give her a big hug and just thank her for being such a huge influence on your life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. All right, so again, keep it tuned here to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. Uh, you yeah, know,
1: you to do a pick of the week?
0: Oh, I did not know that you had a pick of a week. So, you know, usually when we do AP Comics, uh, I'll wrap it up with that. But it's actually, actually, Diana went to the comic shop on Tuesday. You know, I guess new comic day is now Tuesday. So what is your pick of the week?
1: Well, another disclaimer, I didn't get Kim and Kim, so otherwise that would have been the pick of the week, maybe. But my pick of the week is Batman sixty six meets Archie. And that is just oh, it's perfect. It's like it's like Catwoman the Joker, Caesar Romero Joker, they even drew in the little like mustache. And then Him, the Riddler, the Penguin, how they're like, we spend all our time trying to take over Gotham, and Batman stops us, let's go try and take over Riverdale. So what they do is that they get this other, like, singer like the siren to kind of like sing and like distract all the men and then like Mr. Lodge is like hanging out like in this van and he's all grumpy and he's like I'm hanging out in the van so then Dilton Doily he hacks into the frequency that he could call into a bat cave and then uh and then like Archie and Jughead are perfect and the cover has Adam West Batman dancing with Betty and Veronica and oh it's just perfect
0: Yeah, I actually am going to be reading that one pretty soon because I'm a huge Batman 66 fan. If you listen to my other podcast, Enter the Nerd Zone, my friend Pete and I talk about Batman 66 way too much. Uh, I'm also a big fan of Archie Comics, and if you've listened to Diana and I, we go on and on about Riverdale, and we had speculated about Batman showing up, and now we're getting it. Um... Just, I mean, I know it's not a pick of the week, but when I picked up that trade for you, um, The Haunted Adventures of Sabrina or something like that, uh, I'm starting to read it. Oh, my God. It's like, Sabrina, like you never would have thought. What what are your thoughts? I mean, I know you're not done with it, but just what do you think of that one?
1: I really like it because it's not like oh, it's not like a Greendale Riverdale story where they're all like oh my god, I gotta go to the prom in the jalopy. It's like it's like a real story about witches, and it's like damn.
0: Yeah, Miss Miss Grundy is uh, yeah, she, she's the
1: coven mother. Yeah, yeah, she's
0: not the old biddy from the comics. She's up to no good in that one. So definitely, it's it was what it was like the Haunted Adventures of Sabrina. Think so, yeah. But then, like, you just—I
1: don't know. You can just Google like gritty Sabrina comic, and...
0: yeah. Just or Sabrina trade, yeah. I could walk downstairs and look at the cover, but I'm too lazy. Alrighty, so I think we're gonna wrap it up there. So again, uh, check us out here on Anchor. We have that call-in feature. Call in and uh, ask Diana your questions. I have been. Uh, on Instagram, putting up their asked Diana questions. You guys have been asking her some really great really great questions. Can they keep asking you questions out there?
1: Yeah, they can keep asking me questions.
0: Yeah, the, a lot of great questions have been coming her way, and, and we try to get the answers up as fast as we can. Uh, so, yeah, just, I hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, AP Comics should be coming back. Uh, preview, do you know what you want to talk about? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Red Hood. Ooh. The Red Hood sounds good. Not not Cheryl Blossom from Riverdale. Not that Red Hood.
1: No, not that Red Hood.
0: But she should be the she should be the Red Arrow, I think.
1: Yeah, should replace whoever it is on the show.
0: <laughs> well, we'll see. Well, hey, Batgirl is coming to Arrow, so that
1: woman is coming to Arrow.
0: Oh, pardon me, Batwoman is coming to Arrow, so we'll see. Alrighty, so this is Jay and Diana, and good comic reading to you.